RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines, the iconic jumbo floating restaurant capsizes in the South China Sea. A music producer is jailed for five years for writing. And Hong Kong Seoul MPC Standing Committee member says John Lee's new governing team needs to walk the walk or risk annoying the public. The iconic jumbo floating restaurant has capsized in the South China Sea days after being towed away from Hong Kong. No crew members were injured. Frank Young has more. In a statement, parent company Aberdeen Restaurant Enterprises said the vessel had encountered stormy weather on Saturday, causing it to partially sink before capsizing a day later. It also said it expected the salvage work to be extremely challenging since the waters there were more than a thousand meters deep, but that it was now getting further details from the towing company. The 46-year-old restaurant, once a popular tourist destination in Aberdeen Harbor, suspended operations in 2020 amid the pandemic. It was donated to Ocean Park, but the amusement park later said it couldn't find a third-party operator. The parent company had refused to reveal where Jumbo was bound for, seeing only that it had found a suitable parking space for it outside Hong Kong. A 36-year-old music producer has been jailed for five years for taking part in a riot described by a district court judge as a moment of grief for Hong Kongers. Mok Chun Yu was earlier found guilty of throwing bricks during the protests in Admiralty on September the 29th, 2019. It's Mike Weeks reports. In passing sentence, Judge Stanley Chan rejected Mock's claim that he had no plans to take part in the protest, pointing out that he was geared up with a helmet, gas mask and arm guards. He said it was an aggravating factor. The protesters were rioting around the government's headquarters and the Legislative Council complex in a direct challenge to the core powers of Hong Kong and China. Judge Chan said the violence was shocking as it involved many strongly organised rioters. He said it was like a war zone that aggrieved law-abiding Hong Kong people but was, in his words, a beautiful sight to behold for foreign politicians. He said the date of the riot was politically sensitive as it was just two days before National Day. The judge added that a deterrent sentence was needed in this case to send a message to those who use the internet to advocate violence. Hong Kong's sole member of China's top legislative body, Tam Yu-Chung, says the SCR's new governing team needs to walk the walk or risk annoying the public. The National People's Congress Standing Committee member also spoke about the importance of team spirit and communicating with the public, as Demon Pang reports. Speaking on RTHK a day after incoming Chief Executive John Lee announced the lineup for his administration, Mr. Tam said the officials also need to demonstrate strong team spirit in implementing the decisions of their leader. He said this should mean more interdepartmental cooperation. Different departments should help and collaboration should be done by the top ministers and their deputies. This is the new team spirit. And finally, everyone is results-oriented. We have to resolve problems and don't just talk the talk. When you say too much, people will get annoyed, frankly. There's no point in just talking. Everyone knows how to talk, analyse, but you have to come up with solutions, right? Mr Tam said he had heard on occasions that some ministers decided certain things in society were not related to their bureau, so, in his words, they simply went home to watch some TV. The DAB member said he thinks policy secretaries with a background in party politics are more down-to-earth because they have won elections in the past and won't have a problem communicating with the public. 
He also said he disagrees with the notion that officials with backgrounds in the disciplined forces are getting the upper hand, saying he thinks Beijing trusts administrative officers as well, as they have experience in management and administration. A lawmaker from the centrist Third Side Party, Tech Chi Yun, said the lineup for John Lee's administration is better than he expected. The government says 50,000 elderly people are to benefit by almost $1,000 a month as it shakes up how it supports old people in need. From September, the two-tier system of support will be abolished, with all those aged 65 and over who meet income and asset limits receiving the full monthly old-age living allowance of $3,915. Officials say the change, first announced by Chief Executive Carrie Lam two years ago, will provide better support. Now, the weather mainly cloudy with isolated showers, hot with sunny periods tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 28 and 32 degrees, moderate to fresh southerly winds, occasionally strong offshore and on high ground at first. Temperatures come at 29 degrees, humidity 83%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Independent China strategist Andrew Leung says on balance John Lee has assembled a fairly good team for his cabinet, but he said the CE designate and his secretaries will have to deliver some positive results fairly quickly after taking office. What John Lee wants to achieve especially is to show credibility in his first hundred days because that will be the test of people's confidence in his team because many of them are relatively unknown to most of the people and I think that he has got to actually deliver some results. Of course some of these deep-seated problems would take a long time to show results but at least he can show progress on the partition units at providing some affordable private housing to eligible people and of course to manage to pandemics and to restore Hong Kong to normalcy. Mr. Leung, looking at the uh, new uh, cabinet, uh, Mr. Lee is bringing in lawmakers, professionals, and uh, even those who have retired from the civil service. Do you think um, this uh, diverse team will uh, make tackling uh, deep-seated problems that you're talking about uh, easier? I think it's reasonably diversified in the sense of their background, in the sense of their expertise or abilities, in terms of their track record. And I think in the circumstances, you just can't pluck things out of thin air. So you've got to rely on people who have got a track record. So by definition, as a choice from the existing civil service, either retired or affiliated kind of sectors, including the private sector. I mean, this is the, a very rare example of picking someone who had never worked in the Hong Kong government before, who had been in the private sector, for example, in the Greater Bay Area. Now, the connection with the Greater Bay Area is important because one of Hong Kong's main imperatives is to take advantage of its integration in the Greater Bay Area. Independent China strategist Andrew Leung speaking there to Janice Wong. The hospital authority says it's well prepared to treat more COVID patients if necessary, as Hong Kong reported more than 1,000 daily infections for the sixth consecutive day. The chief manager with the authority, Sarah Ho, says there's so far been no sign of a surge in the number of patients requiring isolation or intensive care. But she says the authority's geographical divisions or clusters are prepared to receive thousands more patients if needed. In the past two weeks, we've seen a small rising trend in the number of infections. That's why we directed our clusters to be prepared. In the event the COVID situation becomes severe, we can have our beds waiting for patients. The SCR reported 1,327 new COVID infections for the day, 141 of which were imported. One more COVID patient died. 
Long queues have formed outside COVID testing centres in Macau as the SAR continues its mass screening exercise and the number of local infections rise. There were 36 at the last count. The testing of Macau's roughly 600,000 residents is expected to end tomorrow, but analysts say the impact of the strict measures may be long-lasting. Wendy Wong reports. The Macau government ordered the mass testing on Sunday after 12 coronavirus cases were found in the SAR, the first since October last year. All schools were closed until further notice. The former Portuguese colony adheres strictly to China's zero-COVID policy, which aims to eradicate all outbreaks quickly. Chief Executive Ho Yat-san said in a statement that the outbreak came suddenly, has been spreading rapidly, and that the source of it is still unknown. Most residents have been asked to stay at home, in-restaurant dining has been shut down and border restrictions have been tightened. Analysts say this means casino revenues are likely to be close to zero for at least a week and likely to stay so for the coming weeks. Macau's government relies on casinos for over 80% of its income, with most of the population employed directly or indirectly by the casino industry. Chief Executive Kerry Lam has conceded the government doesn't have the best relationships with the people of Hong Kong, but she doesn't believe she's to blame for that, adding that she takes criticism in her stride. Timmy Sung reports. A survey of 710 adults at the end of May and in early June by the Hong Kong Institute of Asia-Pacific Studies at Chinese University found just 18% expressed satisfaction with the government, while they gave Carrie Lam 34.6 out of 100 for her performance. The personal support rating for the chief executive over the past three years, according to surveys by the Hong Kong Public Opinion Research Institute, has ranged from a low of just over 18% to around 43%. But in the latest in a string of interviews before she leaves office at the end of this month, Mrs. Lam told Metro Radio that it was down to the 2019 social unrest and the COVID pandemic. It's the environment that caused it. You can imagine what happened in 2019, those who took part in the social unrest. Of course, they weren't happy with the government. Those who took a neutral stance would wonder why the society was so chaotic. I'm afraid it's unaffordable and it would take a while before things can return to normal. Even though I think the overall atmosphere is improving, it takes time. At the same time, during the pandemic, we have shut various premises and told people they cannot do this and that. People would feel frustrated. And when they are unhappy, of course, they have some comments on the government. I take this in stride as it's normal. When asked why a number of the members of her cabinet had not joined John Lee's administration, the outgoing CEs said individual officials have their own considerations just as she had decided not to seek a second term in office. Still, she expects the next government to continue with the northern metropolis and Lantau tomorrow development projects. Ms. Slam also told the radio station that she is confident about Hong Kong's future and that she hopes the territory will soon resume quarantine-free travel with the mainland and overseas countries. Court in Japan has rejected a case brought by three same-sex couples who claim Japan's failure to recognise same-sex marriage was unconstitutional. The court's decision is a setback for activists who were hoping a ruling in their favour would add pressure to the Japanese government to change the country's marriage law, the BBC's Rupert Wingfield-Hayes reports. The case in Osaka was brought by three same-sex couples, two male and one female. They were asking the court to rule the current ban on same-sex marriage in Japan unconstitutional. Last year, a court in the north of Japan ruled that the marriage ban is unconstitutional. 
But today, the court in Osaka ruled against the couples. Outside the court, one of the plaintiffs described the decision as awful. Activists had hoped a positive ruling today could force the Japanese government to take the issue of same-sex marriage seriously. The Russian annexed region of Crimea says Ukrainian forces have struck several offshore drilling platforms near the peninsula in what would be the first such attacks since the war started. The BBC's Warren Ball reports. A senator in Crimea, Olga Kovitidi, said three people had been injured in the attacks on Russian-controlled drilling platforms, including one with shrapnel injuries. She said patrol boats and aircraft were looking for seven missing workers and that all operations on the platforms had been suspended, with several fires reported. For some time, the Ukrainian military has said it would like to target infrastructure in the Russian annexed region of Crimea as part of its military defence plan. Russia appears to have launched a response. A spokesperson for the Ukrainian city of Odessa to the west said there had been several explosions in the Black Sea port. President Macron's reform plans for France have been cast into doubt after his supporters lost their absolute majority in Parliament. BBC's Hugh Schofield reports. France's newspapers are united in describing the result as a massive blow for Mr Macron. A slap in the face, says the left-wing Liberation, a leap into the unknown, says the conservative Figaro. Le Monde says the president has only himself to blame for the defeat, for appearing to take it for granted that he'd get his needed majority and failing to set out clear ideas about what he intended to do with it. France is about to enter a turbulent political period with two powerful blocks of opposition, one dominated by the far left, the other on the far right. Sport and Siobhan Hockey say she will miss the World Aquatics Championships which are taking place in Budapest. Hong Kong's double Olympic civil for medalist was due to compete in the 100 metres and 200 metres freestyle but she says she's been slowed by an ankle injury. In golf, England's Matt Fitzpatrick has won the US Open. It's his first major title and he's the first English golfer to win since Justin Rose in 2013. BBC's Ian Carter was watching the action. The man who won the US Amateur here in 2013 is now the US Open champion at Brookline and his caddy, Billy Foster, has already dissolved into fits of tears and it's fits of joy for Matt Fitzpatrick. They hug each other. A huge smile on the Englishman's face. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. The iconic jumbo floating restaurant capsizes in the South China Sea. A music producer is jailed for five years for writing. And Hong Kong's sole MPC standing committee member says John Lee's new governing team needs to walk the walk or risk annoying the public. And that's the news from RTHK. Stop me loving you You can never stop the way That my heart's beating too You can never stop me loving you That's one thing you'll never do
never stop me loving you You can never stop the way that my heart's beating too You can never stop me loving you That's one thing you never do stop me loving you you can never stop the way that my heart's beating too you can never stop me loving you that's one thing you never do you never stop me loving you that's one thing you never do. special request from Gilbert uh, Johnny Tillotson of course Accord, you can never stop me loving you. If you'd like a song for yourself, it's Radio Pete at Gmail, the dying embers of Monday night here in Hong Kong. Tuesday, just 40 so minutes away, and then of course we'll embark on our sentimental journey. Never did.